You know what I wanted to know? What do you want to know? Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> Sound like my therapist. Um, <laughs> my name is Leon Main. I'm a writer, producer, co-founder of The Circle. I'm a script editor for Dreaming Whilst Black. I am owner of BWG Limited, the production company. I am founder of Insight for Above the Line Creatives in television and film. I am a carpenter. No, no. I am a wow. philanthropist. Okay. No. no. Huh? What? Mm? I, no. Am, I am a music mogul. Oh, that's new. Yeah. Huh? That's I know it's new. new. I told you every episode I'm going to add something new. <laughs> that Can you, you prove your music me. mogulism? Yeah, for sure. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my last bit for now, the music mogul. Next week we'll add another one, you know? You can't just add things out of the alphabet. Why not? Because you have I, to have I'm proof that you can do it. I'm constantly evolving as a person. Ooh. I'm going to speak to Diddy about you. <laughs> Please do. He, he was here last week, wasn't he? Was he where? In this country? You would know if you were a music mogul. Bro, I see. How about you? Who, who are you? Who am I? Mm, the girl damn sure that. Well done, you got it. I got the joke now. <laughs> last, <laughs> the first time I did that, he didn't get it. <laughs> Um, hi, my name is Akwea Jamfi, founder of the British Blacklist, one of the biggest media platforms in the UK that celebrate black creative from across the arts. Just letting you know that, across the arts. I'm the founder of that. I'm also the co-creator, executive producer, director, mentor, and leader of the Circle podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh, Leon, it's serious. I'm also a silent consultant on Brothers With No Game Limited because both of those guys who run that company are out of control and wild. They often call me into damage control. I'm that person. I'm the fixer for their company. You're the Olivia Pope. I am the Olivia Pope of Brothers With No Game, (laughs) LTD. You are a liar. (laughs) I'm also a carpenter, a real carpenter, because where some people say they're carpenters, I actually carpent. He does not. Um, I am a philanthropist also because I have lots of charities and organisations that I donate to. And do voluntary... Name three. Three? It's something that I don't like to talk about. Oh, really? Oh, you're, you're humble like that. Yeah, She's I'm like humble. Prince. Okay, yeah. Thank, thank, Prince thank, never wants and, to talk about it. And thank you, secret person in the room, because you know that Prince is one of my favourite tists ever, peoples. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, also, I'm a mother. I am a mother of a paediatric nurse. I just need to let everyone know my daughter's oh, a paediatric nurse. Oh, there we go. And so on the back of that, my daughter being a paediatric nurse... Our special guest is looking amazing because also I am so flawlessly looking. Yeah, like no, a, that's not like true, a 20 right? Year old. Well, I don't my daughter is a paediatric yeah. nurse. Yeah. Now, so on the back of that, that makes me a doctor. Oh, now you're a doctor. First of all, you were a doctor. Because okay. as she qualified, okay. I too qualified, but I chose a different area. So, of so you're you're also evolving. <laughs> I'm elevating promotion. I, I respect. Yeah. So I'm a doctor, and, um, and a I think I'm. Don't forget plagiarist. Go on. No, no, you always had plagiarism because you plagiarized my life. I went life. first and then you literally said you are a philanthropist and a carpenter. You are a plagiarist. But we can be two people. Anyway, we're not going to do this. <laughs> Just I'm an all-round great Mother Earth person. Okay, now our special guest. You've heard us intro ourselves, right? You must match this energy. Okay. Right? Please tell us who you are and what you do. All right, my name is Kirby Howbaptiste. I prefer to just go by Kirby. Oh, what does she do? I am an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer. Um, I direct. I produce. Mm-hmm. I don't sing, but I am also still a music mogul. <laughs> wow. I work behind the scenes. I believe you. I too am a philanthropist. Where do you philanthropize? I, you know, all over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This world mm-hmm. is in need and 
and I'm there. Mm. Right, I believe. I uh, I'm an eco warrior. Jeez, are you with vegan um, for a long time? Okay. No longer. Oh, I was broken by curry goat. Right, right. Hold on, wait. There's a extinction rebellion. Are you part of that? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, what else? What else? I'm an auntie. I'm a proud auntie. Brilliant. I'm a sister. Excellent. I'm a mother to those who need it. That, you see, levels. Yeah, there are levels. I You're need not to ready, actually. actually I need to add more in now. I, feel like <laughs> I, I need to replace, <laughs> week, need to replace you on, with week. Kirby. This is a better intro. I'm Sorry, a chef. There Ooh. you go. Levels. Let me wrap it up. <laughs> Lastly, by just letting you know that I'm an avid arts and crafts master. Please break down your arts and craftery. Listen, I'm a tie-dye queen. I right. like to make my own clothes. Right. Um, I like to customize. Fashionista. I'm all-around creative. Yeah, I love fashionista. it. I, I, you know you brought the perfect energy to this intro. People have got to listen to your intro. Yeah, they've got to match it and now. Match or supersede your levels because you how are the best. How can they not? Because you lot bring the vibe, so how can they not match Every it? Because people get confused sometimes. They don't understand that. Like, tap Every into week. your inner everything. So we tend to do our due diligence and research our guests. And what better place to start than the very watertight, 100% accurate Wikipedia. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, accurate. absolutely. So Sorry. is it true, according to Wikipedia, Let's go. that you are from Camden? Absolutely not Wikipedia. Number one, <laughs> first fact wrong. Whoa. Now I'm an Islington girl. Really? I mean, North London, they, it's there, but Islington. But who said you're from Camden? I've never repped Camden. Never like that. Really? I mean, I went to school, closed my... my I went to many schools, but my final school, my favourite, was Parliament Hill. So I do rep hard being a Parley girl. Okay, Then okay. I went to La Swap, but I've never oh, really? lived in Camden at all. What's this happening here? La Swap, La Swap's basically like a... Parley girl, and then you said The Swap. What is this? Is North London so, speak? It is North London speak. <laughs> it's North London code. Parliament yeah, Hill, school, uh, girls' school right next to William Ellis, and right. also those are part of La Swap. So La Swap is four different um, secondary schools, but their six forms come together. So mm. that's... William Ellis, Parliament Hill, Ackland Burley, and La Santa Union. Are they posh schools? Not really. I mean, no, they're all like regular schools, but obviously the area that they're in, yeah, you're sure. sort of talking, you're getting like Tufnell Park, which definitely wasn't posh, but obviously now it's like, you mm -hmm. know, got mm -hmm. money. Um, you're talking Hampstead, that is posh, Gospelo, okay. that way. So they're all in that sort of area. And then obviously LSU, La Santa Union, is a Catholic school, so you get a certain, I guess, a certain demographic. Oh. I think also Catholic schools are like uniform schools. People think that it's going to be like, naturally, that's a good school, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not obviously always the case. But obviously, I think certain people, that's the attraction. So, mm. Ah, yeah. so you're pure north, I thought. Because Camden is What's the difference between Islington and Camden? Is it like, like two stops on a bus? They're different boroughs. Yeah, they're oh, different boroughs. Different boroughs. I mean, I'm acting like and I don't know. Camden's got, Camden's got different type of character. Different you know? character. Yeah, I know some of Camden. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Different character. And Camden is holding strong with that character. Like, oh, a lot, like, uh, like you know, a lot of North London has just become gentrified. It's almost become like, you know, in some places you're getting like uh, slightly more hipster hampstered in yeah. a lot of places in Islington, but Camden's like, no, nah, this is what we are. And that's it. We're going to be outside offspring <laughs> selling you drugs. Like, things yeah, are going to be they happening. Don't care. Years. But Camden's always been punk, punk rock, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah, means. Yeah. However, punk goes. evolves, yeah. like, Camden's like, look, we're not playing by the rules. I do and like that's it. it. Yeah. I do like I it. I respect actually. it. You don't. <laughs> You need that, man. You need to come out okay, and wait. Like, smell that air. Mm. You're east, you're west, but have you No, I'm from north. I'm, I grew up in north. I've only been in the east the last two years. Okay. I grew up in south. Oh, okay. And then moved to... What was that noise, please? Huh? Yeah. Now I'm off throat. Mm. No, it's cool, man. Sorry. <laughs> As in sorry that you lived in south. Sorry. <laughs>
It's all right, man. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't. Like, I'm a South girl. So you know South girls inside our, our ferociousness is ferocious. You know? Oh, absolutely. The, the, the shank is just behind my back. You lot text, like, you know, like with LYK. That's Bro, I got an A in my English. Don't get on my nerves. No, it's cool, man. Colloquialisms. Go now, on. let me say, I will say this, yeah. South London... For, because I know you have an international listening. I know that, obviously. For sure, for sure. So I would say, like, if people are going, like, South London, blah, 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 and then when you say, like, don't bring out the South me, South London, I would say, like, to the Americans, if you're talking about, like, girls from South London, I would liken you lot to girls from Baltimore. Like, is that's that what, what it, it would be. It would be, like, the Baltimore, Maryland crew. Because girls from Baltimore, like, I've heard many people say, like, you're going to make the Baltimore jump out on me. Oh, right. Right. So, so I, when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, so now even I'm putting it together. Oh, wow. I feel, I'm like, Snoop. Or oh wow! <laughs> Am I? Are you? Am I? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, when you started your acting career at Anashir Theatre? At the Anashir Theatre, which sounds way more there? posh. Um, Daniel Kaluuya went there. Uh, nice. Um, who else went there? For for literally like I don't know if he like I wouldn't say he went there because I don't think he was there very long. But Dizzy Rascal was there. He was he's a bit okay. old, like a little bit older than me. Don't know how long he was there. So we weren't in the same. I think we had like. I remember seeing him, but we weren't at the same class. Obviously, he wasn't Dizzy Rascal then. Mm. Um, and then there's a bunch of different look people. Like, there's a lot of actors that you'll look at. I mean, now it's been renamed. It's now called the Young Actors Theatre or something. So it's oh, the is same that building. What it is? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. it's the same building. But to me, I take the spirit of Anashir. So to me, I'm like, that to me is not the Anashir Theatre right, because it's not you know. the spirit of Anashir. Because mm. Anashir was so much more than just like an acting class, like Achilles acting class, because she really didn't want it to be Sylvia Young or any of those like, right. stage school mm-hmm. type classes it was much more like we would do a peace poem we would learn about this we do a mm. little dance like it was it had a very like social justice backbone way before that was ever like really a thing i think that's what made me like i remember i learned about martin luther king in her class way before i learned about his school mm. uh, way before i learned about any sort of black history and civil rights movement i learned about mahatma gandhi um archbishop desmond Tutu. Wow. Like, i learned all of that mm. in that class way before anyone i ever ever been introduced to any of that stuff at school I think I've asked this maybe to somebody else before, but like the different um, vibes of drama schools and what kind of talent that churns out. Yeah. How much, I'm going to ask you how much of an influence your upbringing has been on who you are today, but also I want to know how much of an influence at being a part of the Anna Shear community as opposed to being a Sylvia Young or a, yeah. what's the other one? There's another one. Brit school. Brit, well, there's Brit school. Well, Brit school, Brit school's, but uh, Brit school's like an actual, like when you're yeah, older, isn't it? Like, school, the, yeah, these, yeah. this is like a, Anashir, uh, yeah, Anashir was like an after school thing. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a, you couldn't do it full time. It wasn't, it didn't exist. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I think it had a huge part because it, it actually, there was so, to me personally, I mean, I, obviously I can't speak for anyone else's experience, but I loved, I loved TV and I loved film as a kid. Mm-hmm. And before I went to the Anashir Theatre, I didn't know it was a job. I just was like mesmerized by it. And then when I went there, I was like, oh my God, I could do that thing. Like, this is how you do it. So that had a very profound effect on me from a very young age. But I also think that so little of being at Anashir was rooted in vanity. You know, there weren't, we didn't, do, our dance stuff was, you know, someone doing a dance at the front. It wasn't, you didn't have to do perfect, you didn't have to be perfectly trained in ballet. Your body didn't have to look a certain way. You didn't have to look a certain way. It was very come as you are. Mm. So I think so much of 
it's more you more it's more obvious when you look at it from like you know models who become actors or presenters who become actors that sometimes it, it starts with I think what I got from Anna Shear was and the way I've always approached acting was from the feeling and then expressing it mm. whereas some people I think what trips them up and I think you like I said you see it sometimes in models becoming actors is they get caught up more in like how it looks mm. and then that becomes you know like the reason why the greats are so great, the reason why like Denzel is so great, is not because he's trying to go like, I need it to look like this. He's going, I got to feel this way. And then we react to the way it looked like, the way it comes yeah, across. Right. So I think maybe there was that, there was so little sort of like vanity and I guess expectation, but that's also it being a different time. You mm. know, it wasn't like, I need this to do this. And you know, Anishir, like some of the kids, you know, I never worked when I was at Anishir, but some of the kids did, like a lot of them would be on EastEnders or do this or do that. But because it was so community focused, we were all just like, kind of just like a bunch of working class kids who just like, like, I think a lot of people just put their kids in there so they had somewhere to go. Yeah. Like when I started, I think it was two pounds a class. So right. anyone's mum could afford it. Like send your kid here, yeah. four hours after school, walk up the street, go sit your ass in there for two, three hours and then <laughs> come home. So like, I think that was so much of it. It was quite community based and the acting and the dancing and all that sort of stuff was just like the activity. And you went there and you had the friendship and, so I feel like that it did have like a profound effect on the way I approach it because I think I always I still approach my job from a place of fun mm. and ha and having fun um, and I do have fun like actually yesterday me and my mum were in John Lewis and we bumped into someone we know she lived on my nan's old street and um, my mum was she was like they were like chatting it up blah 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 and then the lady's like. Oh, have you got any grand? Have you got any grandkids now? Mum was like, "Yeah, I got four. And she's like, "She doesn't have any, does she?" And mum was like, "No, nah, she's too busy having fun." Yeah. And I never even thought I never never put it that way. But I'm like, "Oh yeah, maybe she's right. I haven't <laughs> got around to it yet." But that's where I think I approach my job from. It's just fun. And then with your mum putting you in Anna Shared, was it that she recognised something or wanted to like go and have something to do? And your, you know, what was that relationship? Yeah. Dynamic? Well, my brother went there first. I okay. think it genuinely was like go and do something. Like it was in my mum's. Obviously, my mum. I say obviously. It's not obvious to everyone, but my mum worked has worked my whole life. Right. My mom, single mum. I would say single mum bar having my nan. My nan was almost like the other person who raised me. Yeah. Um, but so it was like, you know. I, I was already coming home. I was already going to and from school by myself when I was in year six. So that's like 10, 11 years old. So mm. it's like how I think for a lot of those, a lot of parents who work is how do you sort of lessen the time that your kids at home alone? So that's what it became. It was like once or twice a week. Um, it was once a week originally Anishir. And then I got into Anishir Young Professionals. Mm, and then it's twice a week. But it was a definitely like a... My brother went, he kind of liked it, but it wasn't really saying he wanted, wanted to be at the park playing football. Mm. Mm. And so it, then she put me in it and I just took Absolutely. to it. Yeah. So that was always going to be your path, acting? No, my original path, as if you were to um, ask my nan, God rest her soul, um, I used to always be like, because I had a lot of family who'd come over from the West Indies who were, uh, were lawyers, they would do law school here. So a lot, like two of my cousins stayed at my nan's house, like throughout, like, like basically almost lived there throughout law school. Mm -hmm. um, and so I used to say, I want to be a teacher, a lawyer and a hairdresser. Oh God. <laughs> All of them. But you know, in a weird way, I've done a little bit of each. So I've played okay. a lawyer. I did work as a teacher. I worked as a teaching assistant. Okay. And often I do my own hair. When we get you back for season <laughs> something and something, please can you add a hairdresser? You know, teacher, lawyer, oh, You haven't either, actually. 
Because you know what? You know when you have so many skills, it's so hard. It's hard to keep track of them to all. To keep track of them. And then all. it's like at a certain point, you don't want to. You, you don't want people to turn against you because of your excellence. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I've noticed. Yeah. A lot of the projects that I see you in, you have great comedic timing. Like, great comedic timing. I'm going to drop some projects. Killing Eve, Barry, Love, Queen Pins, The Good Place. When did you realise you were funny? For context, right? Yeah. I write a lot of comedy or comedy drama, but I don't consider myself funny. But I think it's I know really what is funny. <laughs> but I know what is funny. So, uh-huh. like, I've got a widened palette, so I know what is funny. So I've got a good sense of humor, but I don't think I'm naturally funny. Uh-huh. But I think watching you, I think it's natural for you. Mm. Yeah. So, like, when did you realize that you were funny? <sighs> do you even call yourself funny? I think I'm funny. I do think I'm. I do think I'm funny now, but not like in a. Like, what's interesting is, I don't think if we were to go to a party, I'm not the person who's, everyone's going to be standing around and I'm cracking all the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, depends. Depends how cross-faded I am. But <laughs> in general, I'm, I'm not necessarily, like, fully the centre of attention in that way. Like, I'm cracking jokes. But I think that my family are such piss takers. Okay. Like, every, like, I didn't even realise it because my nan, you know, she's this kind of somewhat conservative woman from the West Indies. And then my mum came along and kind of broke the mold. Like my mum is, you know, she's a Londoner through and through. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit wild. And I think it kind of like, everyone, the volume got turned up a little okay. bit. And then my brother, he's like, he takes a piss out of everything and everyone. He is a nightmare. <laughs> and then I think it just came out of that. Like the way my family is, which I'm so happy for now. Like I was never, we were never that family. Like now you see people and they're like constantly taking pictures of their kids. And they're like, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Mm. And I, that was never really, like my mom is so much more about like what's inside that counts. We never really learned about like, well, aren't they so attractive? And aren't they like, we never, mm. the, the, the physical appearance of the way someone looked or look what they've got. They've got money. They've got designers was never a thing. I never even, I never knew what people wear. I never, I didn't know about designers until I was way old. Like, I just think that so much was, so much more focus was placed on the inside that comedy just became like, you know, it's a way you endear yourself to people. And I loved like performing and mm. joking. Mm. And then because my brother was always taking the piss out of me, I could laugh at myself too. I remember this, at Anishirya, we did a play. And they used to do, we used to do these like silly little plays. So after like eight people would go down to the green room, learn a little quick play and it'd be like half memorized, half improvised. And I remember it was like, and you know, we're literally kids, like 10, 11, 12 years old, trying to put on like adult stuff. Mm. And I had to do this thing and, and they, the police meant to call me and they said like, oh, your son died. And like, I'm sitting there, I'm a child. And I'd like dropped the phone and held my face almost like Macaulay Culkin, like, <laughs> <laughs> everyone started laughing and I'm thinking like man I'm trying to be dramatic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you be and then I think it was that it was just being like oh sometimes I don't know why I just uh, like my my instinct is not it's not even like I'm trying to be funny it's like something happens and I sometimes think I'm being serious and, like, <laughs> and I used to get in trouble for it a lot at drama uh, school in drama really? school it was almost seen like like comedy was almost seen as lowbrow and yeah. that was what always attracted me like when we find a script I'd always find something funny in it or do something funny, like do something physical that kind of pleased me and it amused mm. me. And I, mm-hmm. I still do that in like every project I'm in. Like I shot a film called um, Silent Night, like a little indie film. And everyone's sitting around the table, there's a big Christmas dinner scene and everyone sits ha- like, you know, and they everyone put their napkins, like some people put their napkins down, some people just ignored it. But props, I love props. But my character is kind of, well, my way into finding this character, because I was really struggling with her, was to treat her like she was my seven-year-old niece, because I found this character to be ditzy, but I didn't want to judge her. So I was like, okay, 
what would your, how would your niece act? She'd be so in awe of everything because she's just excited to be there. So play it like that. And so when it came to sitting down the table, I put my napkin in my neck like a kid. And everyone, like everyone was like, that's hilarious. But it was just this thing where I'm, I just, I don't know. I think things that please me, mm. I find like things that make me, that tickle me. And then it, that's like where the humor comes from. Sorry, out. I just triggered. I think I saw the Silent Night. Oh, yeah. Is it a party? Party, yeah. Yeah, yep, and yep. stuff happens. Yes, a lot of stuff okay, happens. Okay, a lot yeah. of stuff happens. A lot of stuff happens, <laughs> and yeah. Um, so look, you're always literally, in our opinion, or maybe truth, Actually, I was true. She's booked. No, I'm actually. I was getting there. <laughs> Sorry, just it's saying. actually facts. You're booked and busy booked across and every busy. damn genre, medium, animation, TV, film. Um, we're actually, I'm really surprised. All, like we got her today. Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't like it? I'm super surprised. I'm even scared no. that she's going to I, I've oh, messaged wait. Kirby many a time. There's times I've messaged Kirby and I didn't get a response back. Wow. To yeah. another season. Shut up! So like, let I me might message you. Listen, you love you got response because huh? let me tell you something, Leon. This tells me tells you how highly I think of you. I think I, very, I, and we only have met in real life once. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's serious. He's on his shit. And when and like, it's like real, recognized, real. And okay. so, like this, I you know, like it is. You you make time for the things that you want to make time yeah, for. Yeah, sure. And Especially so in your life. this, yeah, some of course. But I, you know, the whole thing, people like. Everyone's busy because yeah. because if you, I mean, the nature of our job is like you got to get your own work. You mm. never stop having to get work for yourself, mm. truly. So it's like if someone's not hiring you to be busy, you're still scrapping. And if it's not for the job, it's for the the. It's not necessarily for a job, but it's the job you want and the recognition you yeah. deserve for that job. So you're always. It's like I don't know. And you've got to be protective of your time. You do when you, and especially I yeah. think the, big, the the more your star power rises, as much as maybe that's not. Your motivation is a real thing and you, yeah. the attention you get. And you can't say yes to everything. I think we no. navigate that space of being in the positions that we're in. People expect us to be yeah. or either invite them to our spaces or be available to them. Yeah. And you have to be protective of your space. And because you're busy, my agent once said this to me. She was like, you know, sometimes what happens is the busiest person in the room, you, if you need a job to get done, you give it to the busiest person in the room. And the reason why that is is because you know they'll get it they'll done. Get it, yeah. And so sometimes a, that can be, you know, people can see how much you lot do because you lot do do a lot. Like, mm. And so it's like, oh, well, they can handle more. They, they're always on top yeah. of it. Yeah, but you yeah, do, yeah. I mean, energy is finite. It's not, it's not unlimited. So you do have to... I do say all that to say, if ever he texts you and you don't want to reply, just, <laughs> it's fine. We understand that you're busy. Don't... Anyway, um, uh, so look, just, doing just <laughs> weekly podcasts is my enemy. Just, uh, <laughs> I love you so much. So, like, so you, okay, 22 started with an animation, Catwoman. Yeah. yeah. And now you've got like a Blumhouse Netflix horror. Yeah. Right. You've also got, it's called Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Yeah. Want to know more about that? Drama series Culprits for Disney. Yeah. Yes. Look at my black, black, black for remembering that. <laughs> and then the hotly anticipated Sandman, which we did. Uh, just have a, I just have a gripe. We put that out on British Blacklist today, but my assistant, big up editorial assistant Tamika, she put out like a uh, what's it call it? Not an editorial. What's the featurette? She oh, put yeah, a featurette yeah. trailer. So Instagram blocked it. Warner Brothers took it down. 
Really? Whoa. Imagine. But I've had that happen. Literally, they took down one of my Cruella ones. I'm like, like, they sent this to me to so upload. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, yeah. Like, yeah. It, really? It's so much. I, I I'm going to probably do this every week. I'm so annoyed with the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, we are a media platform. We're promoting Promo- the team yeah. for free most of the time, by yeah. the way. And they and would love that you're doing it. Mm. Like, Delete, you know. Yeah. So it's like, it's like we've now removed a video. Because I literally, I'm, you know when they say dispute? I yes. Cast, I'm like, we're fucking promoting the thing. So they yeah. probably now think I'm uh, the bridge back. It's very arrogant. Rude. Besides the point. No, you got anyway, anticipated Sandman that you're in. How do you manage to switch between characters and genres? Because you, it is so varied. Yeah. What is that like? How do you find that easy? Is that your wheelhouse, or is it just something you have to a process that you have to get into to get? It's kind of my wheelhouse. Like I really enjoy variety. Mm. Um, and what tends to happen with me is I'll go and do a drama, and then. I'll be craving just because the vibe on set is different mm. between a drama and a comedy. And then I'm like, man, I just want to go and do something where like we're doing a take and the whole crew are struggling not to laugh back there. And like, so then I, it kind of, it's like a pendulum. It goes back yeah. and forth. And then when I'm on that, I'm like, you know, I really need to feel like a, like a capital A actor. Like I need, I need a drama <laughs> in my yeah. life. Like I need, I need to cry. I need to exercise those muscles to know they're still there. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why I kind of flip between the, the two but it's also you know I, I i follow writing so i rapped on culprits it was i mean culprits is drama action like it is the most intense show i've ever done in my whole life oh, wow. and after that i was like i need like i need like judd apatow comedy after yeah, this like, like fully fully mm. i need it to be beyond i need slapstick like i want to just do something that is so silly every day mm. and then I am about to start working on something else, which I can't talk about yet. But next time I'll talk about it. But that just happened because that was the next best script that came Mm. along. And so it's really just, I just kind of follow good writing. And, and, you know, I hope to try and determine if it's comedy or drama. But that doesn't always happen because you follow the work. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what I, and I do say that I follow the work. I don't really care necessarily. And, And... I care about the creator in so much as if it's someone I know and um, I enjoy working with them and I enjoy their vision, yes, but not just because it's a name. To me, it doesn't really matter like, oh, this big shiny object because I just think, you know, not not all that glitters is gold. Sure. Can you nutshell what Catwoman's about? Catwoman is, I mean, you're familiar with Catwoman. She is a character that is in the DC universe, um, part of sort of Batman's mm-hmm. world. And this is like sort of like Catwoman's own, like sort of her hero moment, her story. That's, mm. that's that one. And it's an animation. And it's an animation, yeah. The Netflix horror flick, Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Yeah. Nutshell that. All right, and in a nutshell, Mr. Harrigan's Phone is a sort of horror thriller about technology and its place in our world. And it's also experience, it also sort of deals with the experience of loss and, and sort of how we try to reconnect with people that we've lost. Um, okay, ne- nutshell culprits. Ooh, culprits. Culprits is an action heist thriller. Um, and it's a group of people that commit a heist. And then uh, years later, there, there are ramifications that sort of start to slowly happen. Culprits is going to be epic. Really? I'm really excited. And about they're culprits. all coming out this year. 
No. So Mr. Harrigan's phone comes out this year. That comes out sometime in the autumn. Mm-hmm. Cattleman is out, obviously, as you lot said. Um, Culprits is out sometime in 2023, but I don't even Ooh, have that information. Okay, okay. And lastly, Sandman. Sandman. Okay, the Sandman <laughs> is a epic fantasy thriller based on Neil Gaiman's 1989 comic book, The Sandman. Interesting. And you played Death. And I played the character of Death. Yeah, Please. and The Sandman is sort of like... Um, uh, the Sandman, Morpheus, he's the king of dreams, and uh, the Sandman sort of like, s- at least this season, you sort of start to explore. Uh, he is captured, um, kept for a hundred years, loses all his tools, the world falls into disarray, and then you sort of this this season follows his journey back, and then you meet his family, who are the endless, and they are death, desire, despair, dream, delirium, oh, and. How many of them There's are six there? Six of us. Oh, there's six. Yeah. Okay. The hell is a six? Donut. Add it for me. Do the bit boop, and then put that bit donut. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like then, because there's a big, big like hoopla around Sandman. Yeah. Your social media account's gonna go through the roof. Yeah, maybe. I don't. <sighs> if we're really honest, and like I follow, you know, like I'm a big drag fan i love rupaul's drag race but they've spoken about this a lot of the black drag queens speak about this about how there's a dis there's there are huge disproportionate irregularities in followings between black drag queens even if they've won wow. one season and white drag queens and i think if you actually look at like you know if you were to take two to take black actors and white actors uh and you look at like you know their their cvs and you look at followings i don't i think you will see that there is like that, that it doesn't match i think that so I don't though. know. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to me. It's a curious thing that I think we don't fully want to talk about because we're also right now being like, we all get it. There's so many problems and we all get it. It's yeah, like, but, yeah, yeah. you know, there there are a lot of issues and we're not we're not we don't want to talk about all of them. But we'll see. I mean, the following is something to me that like is a byproduct, but not it's not something I I really care about if I'm honest because what I care about is honestly being recognized by my peers so when I meet someone like when we met and we were put in touch with each other and going oh this person has recognizes who you this person who you've never met before who doesn't even know you Mm. recognizes that Mm. you do good work and would like to put you like that's what matters to me like the accolades and all that stuff and I recognize that we are in the we're in the age of hype and we're in the age of like being seen yeah but that really matters to me like that's that is genuinely what fills me up both like emotionally and also literally puts money in the bank like no matter <laughs> what you think my numbers going up on instagram can do certain things for me but in terms of what i value more is like a casting director going no she's the person for the role i was mm. going to say just quickly then because there is that whole conversation that kevin you know with kevin hart factoring in his instagram numbers into his contract so that yeah that promotion, that free promotion, or that extra level of promotion that his his name and his platforms can give. Yeah. Is that pressure? Because I know and now people are saying, like, you've got to have that influencer level. Right. They're looking at your talent, and then they look at your likes. Because we have that issue when we're talking about maybe getting audiences into events and stuff like that. Yeah. And that kind of guest list kind of situation. We want to, People want to know who that name is. Right. What's their social media? What's their following? And then yeah. all those things. Yeah. Well, I think it's a bit of a different situation with like someone like The Rock or Kevin Hart. They have these huge, I, I mean, they have gigantic followings. Yeah. Mm. And like, so I, so I do understand that. And I do understand them making it part of the marketing. Um, for me, I think I still, am, you know, I, and sometimes I do think I was like born, I, I was born mm. in the wrong time. I, I still come from like, 
the age I, I have a very difficult time with social media because I remember reading this um, I think it was a Robert De Niro quote that was like you know people don't need to know everything about you as an actor like once yeah. they know the colour of your socks they're now looking at you as the person and not the actor and yeah. our mm. job is to be yeah. chameleons and so for me uh, I have to promote certain things I'm told to post this and post that but I'm not super active on social media at least in my own personal life like sure at the time we're recording this, like I've not posted one thing about being in London because it's no one's business, but the people I choose to sure. know I'm here. Mm -hmm. So it, there, I don't really, um, I don't really subscribe to that, nor do I think that like, like, of course that could be of benefit if I invested. Like Kevin Hart and those people have huge followings, but they have also invested the time and they think that's worth it. Yeah. I don't think, personally, it's not worth it to me to invest that time in my social media in terms of when I look at like what I get back for it in terms of like, um, you know, monetarily or or free things. Like basically the the, the sort of like, um, what do you call the it? Trappings the, the, the trappings, I guess, mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. to me aren't necessarily worth the sort of mental gymnastics that I have to do and, and the engagement and yeah, the fact that I can fair. just like walk down the street and just love and enjoy London without having to go, shoot, I need to document this, I need this, I need that. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's not really worth it for my own mental health. Um, and the life that I want to live. Like, I actually like privacy, so I don't think that that's not for me. But also, you know, it depends. I think when I say I wish, not I wish, but I sometimes feel like I should have been born another time. Like, I'm still that person that's like, I want people to not, I want to blend into every role I'm in. Like, I want you to go, oh my God, I didn't know she was English. I didn't know, mm. I didn't know this, I didn't know that. Like, I'm, I'm, I want to be that kind of actor. Like, I don't. Sure you don't need to know about my personal life. You need to know who I am in this role, what I do, and whether you like it or not. Like, that that to me is what matters to me, not whether you like me personally or you fair. think I'm cool or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So it might be presumptuous, right? But I feel like everybody has an unofficial mentor yeah. and an official mentor. So unofficial is somebody that you can someone who you've met basically that has inspired you in some way or somebody's work that you've seen that's inspired you and so you take i guess inspiration from that mm. and, and then an official mentor is somebody that you like you literally go to all the time to have any type of mentorship or have conversations etc about the industry yeah do who are yours i don't know i don't i don't i mean the fact that I'm saying I don't think means I don't have an official <laughs> mentor. Sure. Um, I think that would be nice. I've never had that. I mean, my manager is someone who I talk a lot of things through with. Mm. And very trust. He's a very trusted person. So there's maybe that. But I, I wouldn't say I have an official. Yeah, I don't have an official mentor. And then in terms of unofficial mentors, I think I'm actually really... Um, I mean, I think in general, uh, it's taken me a while to realize, you know, no man is an island. Like you, got, mm. you, need, you, you have to ask for help yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. And so I, I'm working at asking and really absorbing the people around me. And so I think in terms of unofficial, I will say that Kristen Bell has been someone who I've learned a lot from by watching the way she acts okay. because she, to me, is a very good example and she'll make no bones about it. Like she's very successful and she is wealthy but she is excellent at put at, dis at distributing that wealth in, okay. in meaningful ways and i think that's part of the job right like i i, I think i have a I'm, I'm trying to i'm readjusting constantly my relationship with money because i recognize like i used to be like oh i'm not into i'm not a capitalist and blah 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 and like <laughs> i joke about being an eco warrior but like that was my I'm, i've always been like i'm such a hippie and mm -hmm. you know capitalism and worldly trappings but i recognize what money can do not just for you but what it can do for the people around you and you can change many people's lives like mm. if you like you have a production company you now can take ideas 
someone else who would just be like, oh, I had this script, I thought it was good, but would never get in a room, you can then help them. So there's, you know, that there is, I think money is not about the number in the bank. Money is about what it, what can be done with mm. it for the good. And that's when money is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned a lot from her and also the way she behaves on set. Like she's a, an excellent number one on the call sheet. And uh, I've mostly worked with really excellent number ones on the call sheet and, and have kind of once only a couple times worked with people who weren't and I don't know if people I think it's a mix of insecurity and ego but I don't think you realize the weight that it carries when you're number one you're setting the tone like there is no such thing as trickle down economy but Mm. there is on set like number Mm. one that is trickle down economy like how you act affects how everyone else acts and it affects the whole set like if you come in and you're stomping around and you're this then the director's on edge. The camera people are on edge. Like, mm. It's like mm. your, you, your energy is affecting everyone. But when you come in and you treat people like they're people, everyone can relax. And I think that you get a better... I think you, you create a better product. So that's someone who I think is probably like very, very unofficial because it's just from watching. And then there are other people like... I actually just sent my... I, I wrote a short and I just sent it to a, a girl whose short I enjoyed who's way younger than me. And I think... And I'm actually recognising that I think I... I want to do that more and like we're moving so fast like it used to be you know our parents generation and then us and now we're almost in like sub generations and we're moving so fast and Mm. you can become disconnected very quickly and so I'm like I want to look at people who are younger than me who are doing certain things and ask them for help even if I even if on paper I'm more established than them just like I want to know like those ideas and that was so helpful having it through that lens and even just having conversations not even about the industry like with people who are who are younger than me that that I think is becoming like that's what I'm looking to in unofficial mentors is like people that I can just ha- just hear their ideas because I have so many opinions about the way things are right now. Yeah. But that's also because I wasn't necessarily born in exactly the way things are right now. You know, I didn't have we don't have social media. We have that sort yeah, of stuff. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. interesting to talk to people who that is such a given in their life. Mm. Um, you've mentioned Kristen Bell already, but you also have worked with Judd Apatow. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Emma Stone, RuPaul, Bill Hader. Is there anyone you drop what you're doing right now to work with that you haven't worked with already? <sighs> Don't say Kristen, but like Kristen Bell. No, no. Uh, <laughs> who would I drop everything? Well, you know, I think like the um, the part of me that is like, you know, when you're a kid and you watch movies, like you know, mm. like, whatever you watch as a kid is kind of burned into your yeah, brain. Yeah. So your experiences. And sometimes that happens detrimentally. Like you see it with these men who are like constantly dating the same woman. It's like they fell in love with this one person when they were 18 <laughs> and they're still dating the same 18 year old. And they're, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I do think that part, the part that is burnt in there is I'm like, man, if I could work with like Leonardo DiCaprio, because he was such a movie star yeah. like when I was growing up, like it would be like that to me, like I'm in a movie. Like if I was yeah. in that movie or like Scorsese, it's like, whoa, I'm in I'm in a movie, you know, mm. even though, you know, even though I think realistically, I think what I actually enjoy much more now is working with new voices because okay. it's so, I just think that the door was closed for so long on so many voices that now it's open. There's so, it's just like, oh my God, there's so many different ideas, so many interesting stories that are being told. Like that actually is what excites me. But I think those are the names where I go, whoa, that, those are the things that, your grandparents know. If you tell them, like, I'm in a movie Leonardo DiCaprio, it's like, oh, yeah, we know we that. that. Yeah, we get that. 
So it is ad time. Ding, 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 Alright, so this is our advert. We are being sponsored by Soho Works. Soho Works. So Soho Works is Soho House's co-working space. With sites across London, New York and LA, it's the perfect place for the travelling professional to work. Membership grants you access to all their global sites where podcast equipment, meeting and screening rooms are available for hire. To view locations and apply, visit www.sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works that's www.sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works and then you can do your outro song if you want ding 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 i will cut that and record over it soho works it's the place to be if you want to work in soho All right, so you're often hopping between the UK and US for different projects. Yeah. Is there a noticeable, noticeable sorry, change from both an acting and writing perspective in regards to roles and opportunities for yourself? Or yeah. is the UK still behind? Uh, there is a notable difference. Yes, the UK is still behind. The UK is behind, but the, and the UK is really play, trying to play catch-up mm. right now. Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because the, the, the UK, what the UK had is they were sitting on a pot of gold and they didn't appreciate it. And someone else was like, oh, that's gold. And they came and took the gold and people were like, wait, that's my gold. Mm-hmm. And that is what I would say happened with British actors, British writers, creators. Mm. They, you recognize, like when I was coming up, you know, you, when I looked around bar, the Real McCoy and Desmond's, there wasn't really a lot of places where black people could shine. Like if you were on a show that was like, you know, you know, in the bunny row, it's a white show. You were such a, a sort of tertiary character. Yeah. Mm. You, and that was the most you could hope for. Like you were lucky. I mean, okay. I remember this going to drama school. I remember when I auditioned for Rada, I'll say it. And they <laughs> had, um, I think when I was auditioning, they made no bones. I mean, they would explicitly say they take one or two black people a year. Mm. All the schools did that. Like Rada was like that. Um, I think Lambda was like that. Ask anyone who went to drama school, let's say 10 years ago, and ask them how, what, their, what the racial breakdown was. And I went to East 15, and that was bad, but we actually did better because they were like one, two black people, one and a mixed race person. I think it was maybe like, Maybe five people of colour out of... Because in the first year at East 15, drama and... Um, I can't remember the name of the other course called like Contemporary Theatre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were mixed together. So there's like 30 of you at that point. Mm. So there's maybe... May, I think there was maybe five people of colour if, if I'm counting correctly. And that was progressive. We were like one of the... Like, the, like you know. And I remember like talking to people about it and the drama school would say well we're reflective of the community of the uh, of the industry so mm-hmm. we don't have any you know we don't have we have like and it would generally be like if there was one black person it was generally a man because also there's this whole like you know again a much longer conversation but there is this also like mandingoism and this oh, sort of my God, you know, yes. obsession and so they would go like we're reflective of the industry and what they weren't saying and what no one wanted to address was the fact that they are creating the industry. Like mm. they were acting like it was supply and demand, but like you are the supply chain. Yeah. And in the US, it was just completely different. Like I went to the US, no credits, dropped out of my drama school, dropped out of East 15, which I hated because two teachers in particular made 
my life hell. Recently speaking to Vivian Achempong, and she said the same two teachers made her life hell. So there's a pattern here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went there with truly with nothing. Like I, I, I didn't have the privilege of nepotism or mm. financial a financial safety net, nor did I have connections, but I scrapped. And I think the differences between the UK and America is that, again, I don't present it as a utopia, but the US, for better or worse, there is still this core idea of the American dream, which mm. is also somewhat inflated because that's not gonna be true for a lot of people. But if you are willing to work, if you are willing to get in there and scrap, like it is a dogfight, that is rewarded like that that ca or that can be rewarded like if you really are willing to get in there like people will recognize it and you can make the steps whereas i felt like when i was coming up in the uk and i think that also has changed with like people creating their own shows and people seeing all you know um web series and this and the mm. other mm. but what it really was was you there were like you had to wait in line you went to drama school you did your you, you know you were broken down in the first year for them to rebuild you in the second the third year you did your showcase then you got your agent at the end of the third maybe if you were lucky if you were at one of the good schools and you got a good showcase you would get an agent after you get your agent then you maybe do a few bit roles in theater maybe you get a crappy role on tv then you might it was like this is the line this is the order mm -hmm. and the u.s they're kind of like I mean, look, it's a, it's a country that was born of rebellion. So that is in their blood. So right. it's like, no, nah, we'll do mm -hmm. it. How, you, if you want to do it, let's do it. Like that you couldn't, you don't, you didn't have to wait in line. And so I think what the UK realized is that there was, there was this exodus. I mean, it's, I think they're still kind of like trying to, I mean, the UK literally hemorrhaged black creators. Yeah, and I think they're trying now, they're trying to like stem that flow, mm. but in the US people just looked over there and they were like, they just recognized that they could do so much more and be less limited. Of course there were still limitations. Again, I don't present it like it's like perfect, but the roles that you were seeing people in, in like the nineties, black people in the nineties in the US were completely different to the way, to Absolutely. what you were seeing in the UK. Mm. So okay, look, what was the last project, okay, TV or film yeah. that you've seen that made you say, Wow, guy. Wow. All right, two. One, Viola Davis in the trailer. I have not seen the film for The Woman King. Mm. Um, I think Viola Davis is recognized as a brilliant actress, but Viola Davis needs to be put in the same category as uh, uh, Meryl Streep, where you almost become like a metaphor for brilliant acting. Mm. Like yeah. that's, that is Viola Davis. She is... Do you one, think she's not there yet? I really think she's No, I, uh, I mean, she is beyond there, but I don't know that she is like... Really recognised. You know, like in the way... You know, like a, a classic joke that you would hear in like a sitcom would be like, he's good looking, but he's no Brad Pitt. Like, yeah, you know, we, that. That, that was yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. it's almost like someone's doing acting, and you're like, well, they're no Meryl Streep. Mm. Uh, it should be that they're no Viola. Like, that, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, as yeah. well as, I'm, I'm not saying you get rid of that, but I'm saying that Viola Davis is one of the great, Mar mm. Viola Davis to me is like Brando. Like, she's one of the oh, people yeah, yeah. that will go down as one of the greatest actors who has ever been on TV. Mm. And I think that should happen before she's not here anymore. Yeah, I hear that. I agree. Because yeah, she so. is one of the greatest actors we have on, on, on around. I yeah. Hear. I'm excited for The Woman King. What, what, what was the other wait. one? Uh, the other one was, um, I was really blown away by um, the directing 
and the way it was shot uh, in uh, Nana Mensa wrote, directed, produced, and starred in Queen of Glory. Yes, I saw that. And I'm a big fan of sort of fly on the wall, like the Safi brothers, like the way shooting where the camera is so far away, the actors can just live their life mm. and just be literally, we're just observing life. And that mm. is very much what I aspire to, to do in my own directing. So that was the other one that made me say, wow, that was yeah, the directing. That's that one. Big up, big up that film. What about you, Akira? Um, I'm literally stealing Queen of Glory because I saw that the other day and I have to admit and I apologise nationally and internationally and globally to Nana Mensa and my cousin Baf Akoto who was a producer I didn't do it justice the first time I watched it because I kind of was I had to watch it to see if we were going to programme it for the Seoul Film Festival coming up in September but it's release date is too early so we couldn't programme it but I had to watch it to pass judgement and I, I was a little bit like mm, I'm not sure about it but I was watching it on a minimised screen I wasn't paying full attention. So this is really important about film critics. You've really got to do watch something yeah. because you, you can, your mood, your emotion. Your own cousin. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I even said to him, cuz, <sighs> I was about to call you and say, what the hell, why? What does it, there was, it was just certain decisions. Yeah. And it is, sometimes reviewing a film is your mood that can really yeah. influence yeah, 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 your yeah. response to it. So sometimes you do need the space to watch it again and again. And I'm so glad. You see, last, I mean, the last episode, those of you listening, who will listen to the last episode, I was a little bit miffed about not being invited to Nope. But on the flip to the note premiere, the UK note premiere. However, on the flip side, I went to see Queen and Glory that same night and it was a beautiful evening. Yeah. And watching the film on a big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. The fact that she actually starred in it and directed it, wrote it, and the multi-talented, multifaceted yeah. and told a very good story. Yeah. Authentic story, true story, real story, believable story. Is amazing. So yeah, that made me say, wow. But the other thing I is, nope, watch. actually, I did see nope on the day of the premiere in the morning. I saw a press screening of it before I did um, a junket with Daniel and Kiki. I think Jordan Peele, I do love his work. I'm gonna, he's going to be like, I'll hear his name and see anything he does. Mm -hmm. I, that's, I think that's where I'm at with Jordan Peele at this Same. point. And the cast that he pulled together, perfect, I mm. think. And I just love the story. It's a slow burner. It's not pow, 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 pow. You, you've got layers, obviously, which you expect from Jordan Peele. But it just gives this space and it's broadening that space where black people can tell any type of story mm. and not have to feel like we've got to save the cat and do every kind of trope of screenwriting and film storytelling and, you know, hit all the beats and all the points. We can't be off kilter. And I just love the film. I love the cast. Daniel and Kiki have great chemistry and all the players in the film are just brilliant. So um, big up that. And that was those are my two wows. Mm. Yes, Leon, what's yours? Um, I'm going to go for Gerard Carmichael's stand-up bro, oh, Faneuil. Every time you say this, I punch the sky because I need to see it. It's yeah, so, see so, so good. Like, you know, there's, you know, stand-up, stand-up's an art, obviously, but I think there's this, like, new brand that kind of, like, it's quite similar to Dave Chappelle, what he did in two of his stand-ups for Netflix, where it's, like, him just having a conversation with the audience. Mm. So it's more introspective. And it was the first time that he had he came out and he spoke about it from his perspective, but also his mum's perspective and how there was like a disparity between what they thought he was as a person. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I've just become like really engrossed in black masculinity over the last couple of years and just seeing people's perspectives. But that one's just great. Like he's hilariously like funny and it's super open. And it's just deep, very, very deep, and it's shot beautifully as well. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you guys watch that. It's on HBO Max, though. So I don't know how you're going to watch it, Akira. We don't have the luxury of living in LA like Kirby, so I don't know how you're going to watch I'm it. I'm just going to go stay at Kirby's for a week. Hmm? Okay. What's that? I'm going to stay at yours for a week. Yes. Thank you. Done. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was so my fault. I just yeah, yeah, intense pressure. <laughs> I'm turning up at yours for a week. Just for say no. Just so <laughs> I'm just gonna wait, just ignore me. Yes. <laughs> Work around me. <laughs> so, like Nana Mensa, yeah, you are also multifaceted. You are not okay. only an actress mm-hmm. or a writer Mm-mm. or a director. Not just. Or fashionista. Or oh, fashionista. You're also a children's author. Which, by the way, look, I've told you this. You're going to be my new co-host. <laughs> You've got to get better at being yourself I know, I've got it. How did you leave off a whole author? Because uh, I'm an author. Are you oh, a, here we go. Author to, well, author to author. Sometimes you, 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 you lose things. You, you slip. Yeah. Understood. And you know... Because I haven't spoken about my books. And there's pressure written. sometimes. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when you come... Like, listen, I don't ever want to kill my, my... Dim my light, kill my flame. But sometimes when you, when you do too much... <laughs> I get it. People get jealous. People don't like you. You, you. you turn people against you. I need, I'm trying to keep the people on, on side, you know? I you. You know? But um, yeah, I wrote two kids' books, brother and sister books. I like to think of them as a little, they're a family. The first one that I wrote is called Little Black Girl, Oh, The Things You Can Do. Second is called Little Black Boy, Oh, The Things You Will Do. Um, There's a very small uh, uh, change in the titles, but I think it's a really important distinction, I think, for young black girls. Limitations are put upon us. Mm -hmm. You can do X, Y, Z, and these are the only things you can do. I think for young black boys, the issue becomes the the struggle with the expectation that young black men will will do anything at right. all. Um, so I felt that, that was an important distinction. And those came about because when I was younger, there's a book I read called Nancy No Size. And it was the only black kids book I had ever read or seen. And my mom got it for me. And... It was this family. So Nancy knows size. She's a protagonist. And Nancy was, you know, her younger sister was really fair and her older sister was darker. And she felt like she she was like, you know, in the book that says, you know, everything was, she's not tall, she's not short, she's no size at all. She's not fair, she's not dark, she's no color at all. Mm. Now the book, I think the thing that really stood out to me was, I don't think I'd ever seen or heard colorism addressed mm. and i think that really like weirdly even just that that one page i think was probably the page that stuck with me the most because it was like you know growing up i mean colorism is still a huge issue to say it's a huge issue is actually to sort of almost to minimize it to yeah like, it's a huge right, issue right, like right. it's everything but what i think is interesting is that um speaking of the u.s i think that the u.s is probably well i say this the u.s outside of actually places where i think the reason why colorism is so rife is because actually if you look at other places like in the caribbean or in africa where your teachers are black your doctors are black you're, you all you, your both your positive and negative viewings and reinforcements of black people are all there so yeah. you're just seeing black people in as a complete right yeah. like when you're not a monolith like you could be the freaking judge but you could be a like you're yeah. everything mm. whereas in countries where we are and let's not forget that the long arm of white supremacy has reached all of those places but the difference is in countries where we are sort of like really very um, tangibly under sort of a white supremacy, we are seen a certain way. And so we uh, we have been taught to aspire to whiteness as yeah, a greatness, absolutely. right? Um, so anyway, in thinking about Nancy, no, in thinking about, yeah, in thinking about Nancy, no size, I was like, you know, we have Google now. So let me Google who wrote this book. There's an author called Mary Hoffman. And Mary Hoffman is a white woman, mm-hmm. which was extremely surprising to me. And, you know, it kind of made me think like, 
my niece was young at that time and I really kind of wanted to sort of say a lot of things to her even though she was a kid and so this book kind of became a love letter to her at that mm. time she was my only niece I now have two more um, and also I felt like it was important that when young black kids read these books they see that the people who wrote these books are also black people Absolutely. so they know that the experiences we're talking about the things i'm saying the words i'm i'm really like the love i'm giving comes from a place of being like i am you i know you mm. i you know potentially could birth you and so um i sold little black girl to uh, penguin my uh, book editor Stacey Barney at Penguin Random House is also a black woman and that was a really important Wicked. decision in taking the book there plus uh, Penguin Random House to me was like the pinnacle of book of kids book publishing yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I met with her it was felt natural and at that time she was like I would really love the idea if there could be a second book and it felt just sort of like a no-brainer that it would be little black boy and in that same way like with nancy hoffman it's no one else's job to speak to someone else's experience so i co-authored that with my boyfriend and he oh, i mean that was amazing yeah That's nice. and mm. i talk about, I, I really do what's interesting in looking at these books now they're both out november 15th available for pre-order but in looking at them what is really interesting is that I can see the collaboration in the second book. I yeah. can see oh, the, right. because we wrote that together and it was so nice to have a sounding board and he would tell me so many of his experiences and this is how I felt and this is what I wish I could say and all of that. And it is very, very hard to find creative collaborators. I mean, you know, you two, you understand. Mm. You, you, get the, you get the duality, the love hate. Yeah. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah, you have to yeah. have some real conversations. Yeah. But when it works, it really works and you're strengthened by it. Um, so I'm really I'm proud of both books but it's so interesting in like because I'm such a lone wolf that like this was such an interesting and valuable lesson in collaboration 100% mm. I think Leon learns a lot in this collaboration <laughs> from you from yeah. me don't you think Lee learning is an operative word <laughs> but when are they out when are we when can okay. we get them so the books are available for release right now we only have a US release <gasps> but I don't think that actually matters when it comes to the internet but like in terms yeah, of like true. us doing like book tours and things like that yeah, we're yeah. starting in the US and that they are out November 15th available for pre-order now and you can get them uh it's not just the big sites, you know, like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but like smaller bookshops are, are putting it in. Um, we're That's making great. a really big push. Like for me, it's so important to get the books here because sure, I'm definitely. from here. And I also yeah. think it's a message that we really need here Absolutely. because, you know, we're very polite in the UK. And though we're talking <laughs> about certain things, we still want to act like that lady didn't just push in front of me at the supermarket right. because I'm a black woman and she yeah, thinks yeah, she has yeah. the divine right mm -hmm. to be in front of me. So. Um, facts. Exactly. <laughs> facts. facts. <laughs> um, could you... Tell us, on a more serious note, Kirby, seriously, on a serious Let's note. bring it down to drama. Yeah, please, no. <laughs> What's the worst no you've ever had? <gasps> the worst no. Can I tell you, actually, just to come back to the book, that was a no, originally. Ah. I had pitched that book to, or pitched, no, 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 sorry. I had written that book. That book was already written, because I would wrote this book before, way before the pandemic. I rediscovered it in the pandemic, but I wrote that book some years ago, and I sent it to my then agent, who said no, and her exact words were, I don't think there's an appetite for this. <sighs> then, during the pandemic, I was just, as we all did, just had so much time and I was just going through my laptop looking at like, because we all, you know, you have like, oh, I started this short and then never yeah. finished it. I was just like looking at all the things I'd written and, and things that I wanted to do. And I went into my little, you know, books folder 
and there are multiple books that I've that I've started and come back to. But this one, you know, Little Black Girl was complete, and I reread the poem, and I was like, wow, this was actually good. Let me see if let, let's see what what goes on because also, you know, I think in particular. There are certain people that are told yes to anything, good or bad, and there are other people that are told no to most things, mm. good or bad. Mm. And so I was sort of like, I kind of need to know, you know, like, so I sent it to my UK agent and she jumped on it. She said, this is fantastic. She got the ball rolling. She got um, someone in their lit department on it. Like it just, from there, it, it, it was snowballed. What are you watching right now? We kind of talked about wow moments. What are you yeah. actually? I gotta get home and watch this. I'm with I'm with you. I think you had said like you're in like a nostalgia, a very I'm in a nostalgia, nostalgia moment. place. I'm I watching think we're, Frasier. I'm watching yeah. The Good Wife. I love The Good Wife. It, it it's really good. good. Mm. Um, and The Good Fight. And I think a lot fight. of us are in that place of nostalgia because there is so much TV. I think it can sometimes feel overwhelming yeah. actually mm. by how much there is. From what's going on now? Yeah, and you exactly. Um, what am I watching? What am I watching? What am I watching? What am I watching? Really, what am I watching? Um, oh, I just started The Bear. You said that. The I told you about it. It's the really other good. Day. It's it, not bingeable. It's a show yes. that I feel like would have been a show that should have been out like just pre, like not not super pre, but just before streaming became the thing yes, it is now yes, it, i need the okay. week to digest it i need the five day seven day whatever it is i need the turnaround mm -hmm. i could even do two episodes a week but i can't go back to back to back to back to back it's yes. not that kind of show okay, but, it is, but it is excellent it's a very good show yeah, yeah. it's very good show. you said it the other day yeah i did i think like um yeah you've 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 kind of said it in a nutshell for me to be honest with you like it feels like a show that hbo would have put out at the time when they did um yeah how to make it in America. Like yeah. it, it's got that type. It's not that literally that type of show, but it's yeah. got that type of indie vibe to Completely. it. Completely. Cool. Shot beautifully as well. I think that's what the thing yeah. is. I'm, I'm quite, um, visual. I, I'm very visual and I'm also like leaning into the, the side of me that wants to direct. And so I'm looking at that a lot. Like, and I'm realizing that sometimes the things that please me, it's not always the show. It's like the, the look. Mm. And I found that with Queen of Glory as well. Like obviously like there are moments where I'm sure that there are things that they would change or whatever, but like, for me, that the thing, I, the biggest takeaway was a lot of the way it was shot. Right, was the, the most satisfying part to me. The there's an actress in it. Um, I think she's a stand-up comic. I, I, I never yeah. knew she was a stand-up. Yeah, comic. I didn't yeah. know either. I didn't. I didn't know her before this. Uh, I saw after because I knew that they were recasting the voice Jenny Slate in Big Mouth because they. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yes. And then I, I, when I looked her up, I realized that, that she was a person who who they recast that role. With and uh, yeah, she's really good. She's really good. In yeah, the bay, yeah. Last one. Ooh. Last question. Last, last, last. Part, but <laughs> but not the last part of the podcast. Okay, okay, okay. The most exciting part is coming up. It's so exciting. I I, I feel like she'll need some snacks before that. Bro, you better be so little second. No. Um. <laughs> I'll need them, but I won't get them. <laughs> right. So, Kirby. Yeah. There is a photo of you, right? Oh boy. And you are looking into the distance you're pensive mm. it's in black and white oh this is a hypothetical yes oh I thought you found something no I know okay well, that's, okay, that's okay. okay. Like, <laughs> when you like that to scare people at first and it has Kirby Howe Baptiste and then there's a quote there what is that quote mm. what is the quote that defines you what is your knowledge for the gram wow bearing in mind it will also be the name of this episode Okay. Um, you know what? I think it would be I think it would be almost be like a piece of advice mm -hmm. that my mum 
has given me, and I'm going to kind of like truncate it and put it in probably more poetically. It's been sort of passed, you know, passed down to me and like, you know, as in like passed out. Yeah. My mum mm-hmm. said this in various ways. But I think it's sort of like, mind your own business, <laughs> be good to people, and live your life in a way that makes you happy. Oh, fair. Very true. You know? I agree. That's a good is, you know, part of it as well. I'm just trying to think how... Is what? Oh, you know. Yeah, yes, that's, you know, you know you it's know. part of it. Right, you cool. know, you know, it's part of just it. You know, or sure. in it is part yeah. of right, it. cool. Name this movie show, TV, film, quiz, show, thing. Name this this is the best part of the podcast. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Hearing from you is amazing, obviously. But this bit, I think it warms your cockles. It tests your mental metal. I love it. It's Every. wicked. Love it's games. Like, games or would you rather? It's my jam. Oh, is it? Ah, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. This is called I Invented It. I created this game. TM. Yeah. Name this TV show, movie, game, quiz thing. Okay. Right? World renowned. Yeah. There's a leaderboard of talent hmm. that have played this game hmm. everybody's excited about this leaderboard you okay. must top this leaderboard i'm Kirby. trying you i'm must. gonna try so this is how this game goes i'm gonna give you four clues right mm-hmm. blue one i will give you odd words from the title of the thing mm. right now when you say thing this is a song a movie no a no oh. just a tv show TV or show. a film okay okay yeah keep it and that's worth then. four points if you get it on clue one clue two i'll let you know how many words are in the title of the thing that's worth three points clue three one word, I will give you one word to describe the film or the TV show. And that's worth two points. Clue four, you will then get description of one of the characters. Mm, okay. Do you get me? Yeah, 100%. And that's worth a point. Because yeah. if you haven't got it by of then. Of course. The bit that I don't like is the fact that you can phone a friend. That friend is that traitor over there. Oh, you can phone a friend just once. You can phone whenever you need yeah. within the show. But it was, I mean, within the game. But I, I don't appreciate it because he tends to let the side down by literally telling, telling you what the it is. Answer, right. I mean, well, he's a friend. It's important because your clues are ridiculous. My yeah. clues are on fire. Let me hear ridiculous. them. Let me right, see. So the, we're going to give. They tend to be friend. thematic. So this okay. this theme is series or films where women are criminals because, huh. of, because of queen pins. Queen pins. Yeah. Okay. All Do you right. get me? Yes. I get I'm, it. I'm with, uh, listen, I'm with you. I'm, first clue I'm going to give you is it. A word in the title is it. And this is going to be a TV show or a film. It. I'm going to need the next clue. There were three words in this title. Okay. Set it off. Bad girl. Wow. I knew she was get it. That's I knew she was get it. That was good. I don't want to be happy because actually I'm the game's master. Let me give you a fun fact about Set It Off. Please. This was Queen Latifah's first leading role in a feature film. And apparently almost half of the budget went to paying for the use of the theme music from The Godfather. You know when they do The Godfather scene? Really? Wow. Fun fact. Mm. Fun fact. Wow. Informative, educational and fun. So the next project, clue one. Mm. Words in the title are A... Two and A. Sorry. It's so easy. Words in the title are A, two. As in the word two, T-O. Oh, two, A. Maybe it's one of those ones that's staring you right in the face. Mm, The only thing I can think of is, but it's because it's, you know what it is? I've latched onto one thing. Because I keep saying a time to kill, but that's not a women's film. That's the thing. But so it's it's because the A and the two. So Mm -hmm. my brain is like, I have to like Mm -hmm. push that out. Yes, push Mm -hmm. it away. Interesting. 
Go on. Next one. I'm going to need the next one, yeah. Okay, fair enough. There are five words in the title. She's thinking, guys. She's really she thinking. She really is. I'm like really it. thinking. Because people are probably not take this seriously, this game, but this means they, a lot to me. Thank you. I'm going to need another clue. Clue three. <sighs> what is the, the meaning of this clue? Clue three. A word to describe the film. Smooth. This one is important. There's people at home like, duh. No. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> not even a clue. A word to describe the film is smooth. Apparently. I'm going to need yeah. another one. I'm going to need one more on this one. I'm, uh, this All is, right. This is a, I'm not getting this one. A man battles a female bodyguard who aligns with an evil corporation. That's a lot of revelation in this. A clue. man battles a, a female, female bodyguard, bodyguard who aligns with an evil corporation. You do have Call a Friend. I ain't seen this film. I need to find a friend. You probably have seen it. I'm finding my friend. All right. Hello. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've got this question and mm-hmm. it's... The clues are it's five words mm-hmm. A to A. Mm-hmm. The word to describe the film is f- smooth, mm-hmm. and a man, a woman is a bodyguard and she battles an evil corporation. I don't know, battling Jesus. a man. I right. love the enactment, I love the um, I feel like there's a character in the film who likes their martini shaken oh my God, but not stirred. Annoying. Maybe, I think was a James Bond film. I don't know. It, it feels like it. I feel it feels like it. Hold okay. on a minute. Okay, this, bye. I like, but I don't know all the names of James Bond. Films. So is this the one with Grace Jones? It's the James Bond film with Grace Jones. Which one is that? It's one of the only old of the old ones I've actually seen. I like James Bond, you're, but I wasn't so interested until that one with, with Grace so Jones. So your um, original thought process before that, <sighs> in terms of the, no time to die, a time. To I mean, you you got one of the words right. Listen, just tell me this one's a, this All one right. is a lost cause. It was a view to a kill. A view to the a hell film is that? It's a James it's Bond. It's the Grace film. Jones one. It's the Grace Jones one. Is that one. what it's called? A I always just think of it kill. as the Grace Jones one. Fun fact about that: when they filmed the sex scene between Bond and Mayday, who Grace Jones played, Roger, after Roger Moore delivers the line about her taking care of Bond, Grace ripped her robe off, revealing that she was wearing a large dildo and jumped on top of him. It was a prank on set. That's funny. Right, very Grace Jones. Very Next. Grace Jones. The clue. Um, oh, I forgot to mention. Sometimes. When I feel that the title's way too easy, mm. I will give you a syllable. Syllable? Mm-hmm. Instead of an actual word, because it's just otherwise, I might as well just tell you the title mm-hmm. myself. Okay. So the syllable that you're getting this time around is ing. Ing. I-N-G. Which is so easy. I feel this is the super list. The killing. No. Killing Eve. Okay. You just ruined my well, life. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you didn't even let good. me get anywhere with Good. This. This is not fair. Mm. Kirby, Howard Baptiste, played Elena Felton, who is Eve Palastri's former assistant at MI5. She joined Eve on her unofficial investigation to the 12, but quit the team out of fear for her life. So the words in the title are to and with. Okay, okay, to and with. Next clue. There are six words in the title. And it's the number two or two, like T-O and with, yeah. One more clue, one more clue. Okay. The word to describe the series is education. Wait, wait, wait. What was it called She's getting again? it. I can wait, feel it unraveling it and it's coming it's together called. in her brain. <laughs> I'm seeing the Julia Roberts meme and it's coming together. Oh my God. What was that thing <laughs> called? How to get away with murder. Oh my nice. God. Nice. See, I... There nice. The fun fact, Viola Davis had to take a break from the show's sex scenes for a while because during an interview, the, activi- the actress revealed that she blew her back out 
during a scene with fellow actor Billy Brown, who plays Nate LaHaye on the on the show, he threw her up against the wall during one such sex scene. So she's like, guys, allow it now. Allow me. It's too much. <laughs> right, final one. This is a syllables one, because okay, okay. honestly... It's too easy, okay. You just relax over there, Mr. Leon. I'm just laughing at this. The clue is fi. Fi. <laughs> F fi. So it's a fi. syllable. Fi. F-E. No, no, no. Fi. F-I. Mm. Fi. Mm. Like fi them. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've not seen this project before. Have you not? No. It's great. There, it's one word title, mm-hmm. and there are four syllables that make up this one word. Oh. So fi is one of the syllables. Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I need the next clue. Revenge describes this, this particular oh. revenge. <sighs> the only thing that's in my head is enough. You know enough? J-Lo? No. no. Oh. That's the only one that's in my head. I've seen it, no. Enough fi. Revenge. Enough fi. <laughs> fi enough. <laughs> Next clue. I need the last one. A misunderstood, a misunderstood woman unleashes a mood. I need to find a friend. I don't know why. Oh, blocked. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so this is a, it's one word. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Fi is mm-hmm. a syllable, and the description is a misunderstood woman unleashes hell. A mood. Unmood. A mood. A misunderstood woman unleashes <sighs> a mood. A mood. Ah, oh, I think I know this one. Um, yeah, I swear. Ah, cause you're ready. Who's that? Ah, oh, the the, no, the, the, the the actress. You know, oh, you're out of order. You know, um, she went out. Of no, Pitt you're out sign. of order. Brad Pitt's ex or something. You know, she mm. got. Yeah, I you can't know, like, stand. Her, her house looks like um like like E15. Like it's got like a few kids and they've got a couple black kids right that's angelina jolie right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trash bag yeah, the rainbow family you're a trash bag the rainbow family no she's done well that's a whole other episode honestly <laughs> uh i don't know this one which one is it i don't know maleficent maleficent oh maleficent. yeah that's good fun fact angelina jolie admitted that she scared little kids whilst in costume on the set of melissa maleficent with one kid actually saying mommy please get the mean witch to stop to stop talking to me Oh, wow. I would do the same. I would love that. I would love to actually scare kids. I would kids love, with... you know, to work on a film where there are kids, but then they never talk to you. That'd be <laughs> yeah, it'd be fantastic. They're all scared. Like, Mummy! You guys are very mean. Mm-hmm. Lovely. All right, final bit. We have a thing called the process. <laughs> so the process is kind of like a builder story, right? Mm. So we started off... Actually, we'll just talk about it in terms of this podcast. So what we do is we start the season with somebody who makes up a concept, an idea, and then they pass it on to the next guest <sighs> who builds that. a story. Then they pass it on to the next guest who builds a story. So we've had Aisha Bywaters, casting director, and we've had Deborah Ayurinde, actress. What story have they built so far? So what we have right now... It's a comedy. All right, I'm going to listen, so forgive me, I, I close my eyes. All right. Okay. And it's set in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's about three childhood friends, Rachel, Aquia, Lydia. I didn't force them to name one of the characters <laughs> after me. All three have lost touch. One of them is in love with the other, and two of them are going to meet the same guy at Carnival. Basically, it's the first Carnival after lockdown. Mm-hmm. This is the backstory. During lockdown, Rachel, she's secretly in love with a queer. Lydia was in a relationship and the relationship broke down, right? She was stuck with a guy that she didn't like and she ended up breaking up with him. Mm. And then she met someone online and, and he rocked her world, but he's not mm. who he says he is. And also a queer also mm-hmm. met someone online mm-hmm. and it's the same person they don't realise. It's mm-hmm. exciting. It is exciting. Um, and that it's opened with them on the tube on their way. Yes, now, that's it. And they're on the tube right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
on the train, yeah, and they get out and they're like, look, let's get out at Maida Vale. That's where we said we're going to meet the rest of the crew. In the group that they're meant to meet is, uh, it's, like, it's like a few people, a couple, couple secondary school friends, and um, they're in there and then um, the group's kind of like, some people are going to the shop, they're getting little snacks, doing whatever, whatever, but one person's like hanging around, that girl's called V. Yeah, mm. short for Vanilla. That's her name. Oh, wow. But she's a black girl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so V uh, comes over and she's like, oh, you lot, glad, I'm so glad you lot made it. Like, we're just like getting the group together. But just so you lot know, um, I've started dating this guy <gasps> and he's kind of shy. He's kind of like whatever. And it's like, you know, he's not on social media, um, you know, because he's like, he's like low key like that. And... Um, She's like, man, it must be like the season of love. Obviously, meanwhile, Rachel's sitting there stewing because she's like, oh, everyone's met someone and I can't even be with the person I love. Um, so Aquia's like, oh, I met a guy too. And actually, he's not on social media, but I heard that's like, you know, a lot of people are kind of stepping away from it, blah, blah, blah. Lydia's like, oh my God, I met a guy who's also not on social media. Isn't that so weird? How can we all be dating a guy that's not on social media? So everyone starts looking at each other like they're looking, looking, looking. Like, this is like a whole like, you know. Yeah, a revelation moment. Exactly. Everyone comes out, like, comes out shop. People got all their stuff they need, you know, boosts. People got boosts. This is a shop that happens to sell the two best flavors of Walker's Chris, which are Worcestershire <laughs> sauce and pickled onion. This guy comes out. V is like, this is my man. Like, they're all about to go to carnival. It was the first, remember, it's the first carnival after lockdown. So we need to get to this carnival. V comes out. She's like, this is my man. Aquia looks over. She's like, Daryl? But V's introduced him as Rick. She goes, Daryl? Lydia looks at him. She's like, Rick? Daryl? That's Jermaine. He's looking at them like, this is my confession. Oh, my you God. <laughs> and everyone's like, whew. Now, Rachel's sitting there, smug as ever, because she's oh. like, mm -mm, that would never be me at all. Anyway... Everyone's looking. It's really embarrassing. People are talking. The girls are like, we need a huddle up. Like, let's just huddle up real, real quick, real quick. And they're like, look, we've all just been on a date with this. People, they, they figure it out, right? They were like, what have you done? What have you done? Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, we've just been on a date with this guy. And they're like, look, this is the first carnival after lockdown. Obviously, we've got feelings that we need to discuss about this thing. We really need to power about this. But we also need to, like, get in there. We need to get, like, a sugar cane because we haven't had that for ages. We need to walk around, you know. So they're like, well, how are we going to address this? What do we do? He's obviously standing there being like, holy shit, this is awkward as fuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The girls get together and are like, look, this is the plan. I'll leave it to the next person. Oh! It would be amazing if this made it because this would be the first, this could be an amazing project. Like a, this could be the ultimate collaboration. Imagine the ultimate collaboration. It would be. Happy Howell, Betty's. Thank you so much. Amazing. You're amazing. Thank you both. Yes. This was what a lovely way to spend my afternoon. Where, where can we find you? Where can oh, you if you want to be If you want to be found, I mean, obviously you can find me on social media, but you know where I would love you to find me? I mean, projects, podcasts, mm -hmm. um, you know. Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman comes out. Mr. Harrigan's phone. I've got yeah. culprits coming out next year. Jeez. It really does fill me with joy because um, I know I do this with someone like, like Papa, like, I see them, Papa also, who was in like, um, 
I think Death on a Nile. Like, I love yeah. seeing people um, in the, the first one. Was oh, the first oh, yeah, one, yeah. Death on a Nile? Okay, He's a teeny, teeny, tiny role. Mm. Whatever. Or is the Nile is the second one. The other one is Murder on the Orient Express. Well, maybe it's that He one. was in the second one, the Nile one, not the Express. Anyway, oh, whatever. Nice. I need to watch that. Really, like, you'll see it right at the beginning. But I will say it is really amazing when people, like, I know that I follow actors' work and I think it's really rewarding to see people. And so it's, it's really heartwarming to me when people follow. So follow the work. Follow the work. That's nice. That's nice. I like, I like that no one's ever said that. Follow the work. And on that note. That's that. We are done. Thank you, Leon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>